Welcome to the Buck Hook Podcast. From the shallow waters of the Lower Laguna Madre to the deep blue waters of the Gulf of Mexico and the thick mesquite brush of South Texas, follow along as the Buck Hook crew take you on their outdoor adventure. And now, here's your host, Jason Saldivar. What's going on, Buck Hook Nation? Good to have you back tuning in to episode two. I'm back with the boys from last week. I got Willie, got Scuba, and I got Captain Caveman. On today's episode, we are going to talk a little bit about what's going on on the bay. And we're also going to talk about our teal season that we just had and what we're going to get going with our um, you know, November season with, with ducks and whatnot. You know, I'll let everybody say what's up. So, again, my name is Jason Saldivar. To my right, I do have Willie. Willie, what's going on, brother? What's going on, bro? Not much, man. Glad you made it, Scuba. What's up? We got a, a free day, so we're playing around with the mics. Yeah, let's go, dude. And thanks for dinner, bro. Those uh, Neo Guy sliders were super awesome. Very, very awesome. Very good. Super. Yeah. What's up, DJ? What's going on? Man, it's good to have you on as well, taking a break from uh, some offshore fishing some work yeah yeah uh, i've got another work weekend coming up but uh just taking a few days off relaxing, and getting the boat ready that's good man well again guys i'm glad you all made it back out to uh to get behind these mics and uh get going with these podcasts we're trying to be more consistent with these get some stories out there what we experience a lot of the times we're out on the woods about two to three maybe four times out of the week right woods or water whether it's bay fishing, offshore fishing, at Cat Paws Ranch, at the Wentz Ranch, thermal night hunting, whatever it is, we're doing something, staying busy and trying to bring you all content. Make sure that you do follow us on Buckhook. That's Instagram. Follow us on Buckhook. We also do have a website, which is buckhook.com. Again, that's www.buckhook.com. Get on there, check out some of the merch that we have left, put some orders in, and we'll get that sent out. Let's go ahead and get started. So now that the end of summer has finally come, it's... Uh, Officially. Yeah, it, it's pretty sad that we'll be getting away from the water. And not necessarily the water, but the rods and reels, right? We had, For a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. I mean, we have something lined up in the next few weeks. But other than that, it's been it's been a little bit uh, spiral for our fishing and more getting into duck hunting. But what's going on on the island, DJ? It's, it's been pretty dead, hasn't it? The weekdays have been all right, um, but uh, <clears throat> the weekends have been really hot. You know, there's still a lot of locals coming in. There's a couple fishing tournaments it's that flowing. I know that are probably coming up this uh, a couple weekends. I think uh, Noble Construction is supposed to be having their tournament here probably in the next two weeks. I think it is the 13th. Yeah, That's still available to get in? And the Shallow Stalker tournament that we're fishing Correct. in is also in the next, I believe, two weeks. But, yeah, I've noticed that the island has has like no traffic during the week man i go out there to fish the lights sometimes or get out on the bay and you know the strip is empty dude yeah it's nice i really like that time of the year it's uh <laughs> you get on the street don't see cars for for a while yeah so i know we noticed that you you hate those damn golf carts right honking oh. all night oh man they just for some reason they can't take their foot off the horn you know it's just all night constantly two in the morning three in the morning 
It's like, who are you honking at? <laughs> it's yeah. like the only thing you can do with a damn thing. They go down the streets in the middle of the neighborhoods. Honk, everyone's all sleeping. <laughs> Dude, there's so many of those. Like, there's, it seems like every other store has you know, golf cart rentals. And those things do get rented by a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. By, uh, almost, uh, I think it's on uh, Constellation and Capricorn. Those streets are right next to each other. And there's right golf cart the rentals. But the, they used to have radios on them, man. But thank God, I think they got rid of the radios. I'm like sure that was... years ago, remember? Yeah, I'm sure that was annoying. But yeah, so what's going on in the bay? I haven't gone out since, uh, I would say, three weeks ago with Matt. Uh, we didn't do much of a long run. It was quick trout with some uh, live croaker. Straight line, free line, excuse me. It was honestly a slow morning. It picked up. In the mid-morning, uh, right before coming in, it was very, very hot. So we called it quits right about short to 11. Like, man. like it was 10.50. <laughs> it, it, <just laughs> it was just too hot, man. And, and the bite was very slow, and um, we were just ready to come back and watch some football, right? <laughs> it wasn't the much expected what we wanted to see. He did, uh, I'll say this on record, he did lose a big mama trout came up to the boat and i was he was right next to me and um he's bringing that uh that lure in and slowly and slowly he's working it he's working it and when i turned i just see the big mama take the take it like last second right before he brought it in like a f- two foot two feet away from the boat and it was just like oh shoot i, I was like matt you know and he was like grab the net i grabbed the net i'm looking for the net excuse me all I hear as soon as I grab the net is pa, snapped, snapped them off. Exactly. That's a heartbreak. And wow. it was, dude. I mean, I've seen I've seen plenty of fish in my time, and this was like a solid twenty-seven up to a twenty-nine. Yeah, you know, and, and wow. that, that's sad that that happens because you want to get that lure out of that mouth. That Co- way, that that fish has another chance of you know. Survive. And and uh, it was able to take off, but it was just so big, bro. And I don't know if it was slightly hooked on it or what happened, not to be honest with you. I didn't see much. It was literally, I saw the last five seconds of the whole situation, but it was like, oh, bro. And he had been talking about getting that big mama trout for like a while. <laughs> I keep like, getting dude, memes from yeah, him that, man, uh, like, of and, and like, you know, losing he's that been fish. That, you know, he hasn't had that moment. I, I've, I've gotten my share of a 28 uh, like three, four years ago. Um, shoot. I mean, it's just awesome. I've been noticing that a lot of uh, a lot of these captains and a lot of these you know clients from these captains are catching a bunch of fish you know trout in the twenty eight trout yeah twenty nine mm-hmm. inches you think you think some of those regulations that they brought in after these the freeze and whatnot you know helped that get oh, those yeah. trout because I don't know if I would notice that many big trout that often you know what I mean as I am now maybe is it, it is that I'm fishing more. I'm not too sure, but uh, you know it's it's crazy how much more I've noticed these big trout on these you know through Instagram and yeah these they, they trout they they just look healthier in, in I, general. I would like overall. to see the reports behind the Texas like when like get Omar on here and um, have him speak about like maybe the test they've done in the past three years since the freeze on like the counts that are coming in or whatever. I'm sure there's some type of feedback that we can get and be like okay now this is exactly why they changed it. Or vice versa, why they're so healthy now, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, no, no, they definitely look healthier now than they did uh, a few years ago. Um, I, I, 
I think it's because it was just a bigger slot size. You know, they just looked healthier. There's, there was a couple of years that they kept that, that slot size, 17 to 23, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. I think it was just a year. And you couldn't kill anything over 23. So all these. No, yeah, you couldn't so keep anything. That's for two true. years. These, yeah. Nothing. For two years, these, these bigger trout are just getting bigger. I'm not quite sure yeah. what the growth rate on these trout is, though. I would say the they're anywhere from that shoot, I mean, 30 to 34. I, mean, I, I wouldn't know. Like the inch, like the inches per year, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like, I mean, if a redfish uh, at one year, you're probably looking at 11 inches. Second year, 17 to 22. Third year is 22 to 29 on a redfish. I mean, it's kind of like not the same, but it kind of gives you an estimate, you know. Yeah, and and that's true because when I would fish when I was living in San Antonio, I would go fish Browning and Calaveras Lake. You know, they have those freshwater redfish, right? And so they throw in hundreds of thousands of finger-sized redfish, and it takes about three years for them to be legal. So once they get to about 20 inches, that's when they're legal there, and there's no oversized limit. So some of these redfish were, you know, 38 inches, 39 <laughs> inches, and you can keep them. And out there, you know, we would just basically troll these lakes with fish finders, find the schools of fish, and then just pass through them with, you know, lures. It was the easiest thing. But back to that trout, where'd, where'd y'all catch them? We were uh, a, a little north of Cullen, uh, out in the deeper water. Um, in the clear water? Yeah, just deeper, uh, slight east of the actual channel. Um, very nice area. I, honestly, I haven't, I haven't fished that area in a, in a minute. And it was just back-to-back hits, 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 and a trout, trout, ranging from 15 to 17 inches. And then that your occasional... 22 and then that big mama that just and we did about we did two vueltas and it just got hot it just, <laughs> we were like nah man it's just spring brutal about, out yeah. there man yeah, what so. what lures were y'all using uh we had the k wiggler i started with the margarita uh k wiggler uh did i change um, that's that mansfield margarita good old yes. mansfield margarita right. that's my i would say that would be my number two uh number one i'll go with the plum um k wiggler um with chartreuse just go-to's i would say um i'm not a i'm your i guess you can say old school when i started learning your typical lure old school schemes right exactly uh color schemes correct and you know the red cocoa head all that all that good stuff you know and i don't mess with it because yeah i do buy others uh to play around with them but i don't specifically waste too much time on them you know i get in there doesn't hit doesn't like you know i think i had a talk with willie maybe a couple of months back on some of his uh gear that he uses and i was like you know what i've used it but it just maybe uh hits differently in different perspectives for different people you know i can go off and saying why i use k wiggler and he can go out why he uses what any anyone uses right but um it's just a preference but it was very very that morning it was it it was hitting i was using the the margarita and he was using actually he was using your favorite uh the down south um margarita i believe was it the big papa pearl or the victoria's secret the victoria's secret oh dude that is a trout killer no wonder yeah that and the supermodel which is a six inch length that lure is awesome and so down south makes this lure and the name is victoria's secret because it's a pink lure you know white tail I mean, when I want to catch trout, that is my go-to lure right there. Yeah, it was just a trout day, like your typical sunny, 
uh, clear skies day, you know, trout's eating, you know, they're... Haven't used any of those fat boys lately? No. Um, I used them a couple of months back off the surf, just kind of getting some trout going, but no, I have not. Um, I really haven't gotten my my time on some good fishing, to be honest with you. Yeah, you've been um, pretty busy. Yeah, yeah, I've been cooking a lot. But uh, my type of my uh, time during fishing are coming like the October, November, December months. Yeah, that's when I like to go off to the side and catch some. I mean, I went out with a, a buddy of mine, and we went out to. We started out in South Cullen, out in South Cullen, just sight casting for redfish. The the thing about when we go out sight casting, we have to go out like at ten o'clock in the morning. We can't go out there too early. We got to let the sun come up. And that way it gives us, you know, it cuts through the water and it lets us see those redfish. But from there, we were going out to um, the north side of East Cut. Y'all know where those oyster beds are out there? Uh, nope. On the along, East Cut? Yeah, along the channel. On the right? On the north side? On the north side. Yeah, I've seen them when they're when it's real shallow up yeah, there. Yeah, so up there, the man, dude, we loaded up on redfish. It's been really, really good up there up north. Usually, I mean, I'm also a lure guy. I love to throw down south lures. I like to throw RGB lures, um, K-wigglers. I also like to throw a lot of uh, topwater when, when the conditions are right. With topwater, I usually use a bone color. I also like a red and white. I mean, the red and white for me is old school, but it's tradition. It works. And for those fat boys, I also like to use them during the winter. You know, you get those big old mama trout and it's uh, good fishing. But other than that, I mean, most of the redfish that we have found have been up north. Earlier in the summer, we were finding a bunch of redfish tailing and whatnot out in South Bay. But as summer has been progressing or come to an end, we've been finding them out past the East Cut or a little bit south of the East Cut or in Peyton's Bay as well. Peyton's Bay is my go-to spot to, to catch fish, but that's usually where we've been when fi- finding them lately. And so some of the stuff that I like to, to use, um, like gear-wise, is a Stratic. I, I like to use light tackle, so what, what I go with is a Stratic 2500. The line that I use is uh, wind, Finn's Wind Tamer 15-pound test line, which is a braid. That thing is... Uh, I've, I've used that kind of line for, I want to say, about five to six years now. Um, every once in a while, I'll buy the Power Pro, the yellow the yellow line. I like that one as well, but um, usually it's the Finn's Wind Tamer. And then for my rod, I love my G Loomis. I mean, that thing is super light. Uh, it's a seven-foot with the medium light power, and the action is a moderate fast. So I use usually like a one-eighth ounce jig head with uh, either the the model or the supermodel Victoria's Secret. And like Scuba was saying, I mean, my go-to is that the Victoria's Secret or the... (laughs) Yeah, that's how you call the Trout King. (laughs) Yeah, the Trout King. (laughs) Yeah. There was a period of time, I don't know, last summer that you just... I wouldn't catch him for redfish, dude. Just <laughs> no trout reds. after trout after trout and all the redfish holes. And, and I was, kept bugging him because I was just giving him shit, giving him shit. And then, like, he just, it was like, Ugh. And I think, you know, the thing about the down south lures, they're very warmy, right? They're very stringy style. It's not like a big old fat lure, kind of like K Wigglers, where you can get some girth in there, some, some mass. These things are very uh, flimsy, very thin, very long. So it looks more like a ballyhoo than it would, you know, a mullet. It looks Correct. more like um, 
you know, just just those needle needle nose fish or whatever they're called. But um, that's where I've noticed that that's why I catch more trout with them because they more than know, likely, yeah, um, they're, you're they attracting more of them. Exactly. So, um, other than that, I mean, I I uh, try to stick to to light tackle. I don't have much of you know big tackle. Everything that I use is either twenty five hundred or three thousand in size. All Can't my wait rods. To use that five thousand I have. Yeah. You have Willie. What do you got? A six. Uh, six thousand. Yeah, yeah. I have a six thousand and an eight thousand. Yeah. Those are the ones that we're using. This uh, yeah. snapper run. We're on that big Red Bull run to come down oh, and yeah. get us through. What uh, you've been doing any fishing, really? I haven't. I haven't been fishing. You know, for over a month, more or less. Uh, I've been busy doing some duck hunting, and now that you invited me to duck hunt, you know, I'm kind of hooked to to the duck hunting as well so but yeah the last time i fished there was the uh the tournament the laguna redfish series tournament uh back in i think it was august 19 something something like that that was the last time i fished the tournament and and we had good luck we were able to turn in three fish and uh nothing crazy right but i mean it was a good day on the water that's badass man and so normally what what uh tell us a little bit about the gear you're using out there. Oh. Yeah, Spit so it out, buddy. What do you use? It's here. Well, for uh, I used to I used to uh throw, you know, those heavy rods, you know, the the medium 7 footers, uh 76 uh God with damn. a 2500 surf for out here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, here? dude. So um but then I I um I met a friend, uh, his name is Moy from Yellowmouth Fishing. You know, if you have a chance, check him out on Instagram. So he started to introduce me to the light tackle, but oh, like buddy. we're talking light shit, you know. Um, so he came into the 2000s. Beautiful. The, the reels, the 2000s. So um, he's a big Daiwa uh, guy, you know. The Daiwa, I it's mean, great that's his go-to for reels, you know. Um, that's so the guy I've seen say, I'm going to go catch a flatty to put it on, you know, video and get some get some pictures <laughs> and whatnot. And, you know, goes out the next day and catches his flatties. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, he was, the I guess, putting stories the whole week, you know, on his page where like, ah, this weekend I'm going out. I'm going to target some flatties, blah, blah, blah. And the weekend came and sure enough, you know, he... He got a few, you know, and, you know, he accomplished the mission. Uh, but, yeah, going back to the reels, you know, so um, he's, he started talking to me about this, you know, the 2000s, you know, the size and all that. So I went and buy myself, bought myself a, a Bandford, a Shimano, Shimano Bandford 2000, um, and I put a 10-pound uh, Very light. Put yes, bro. So I put a 10-pound uh, braided line which is we go back to the japanese stuff you know he recommended me the the j braid the j braid yeah so you know really good line bro um i used it for like a little over two years already and you know it's a really good good line and i've been throwing that line you know it's very good um i did have some trouble with the power pro uh the b2 uh braided line freighting right Yes, bro. Like I've, uh, I've honestly never used Power Pro. Um, on my reel, you have. Y'all gotta well, just go to okay, yeah, yeah. Fans Wind Tamer. Uh, 
Yeah, well, that's what I've been using the past year. Oh, yeah, I've been putting it yeah. out here. Yeah, that one, the, honestly, a max distance on that one was phenomenal. Uh, very uh, accurate in, it's in everything. It was just yeah. very, very well. Um, the one we used prior from that was um, Beyond Braid. Um, uh, that's junk. Honestly, man, that I believed junk, it for a bro. month. And then I lost faith because I honestly had, it, like you said. That's it was junk. I mean, yeah. I guess if you're going to drop down, to, like maybe you put it on a snapper rod, it'd Correct. be cool, right? Dropping it down. Yeah. But to be, th- th- that line is it, yeah, it's nasty. Correct. Y- you get no feel for it. You get no, I mean, that fin's wind tamer allows you, and, and the rod has a lot to do with it too, right? But, I mean, you can feel every grass blade that, that lure is going yeah, through. Yeah, I like the lot, man. It, was it, a it makes a big difference. Correct. It was uh, it was good, and that's what I used for the shadow sport tournament. And it was, I mean, we had a great great day. W- Willie, what'd you put that uh, van for on? Oh well, the rod. I mean, I'm I'm a sponsor by Vega Rods. You know, so this um, this company is out of uh, you know uh, it's a uh, southeast of Houston. You know, uh, French Frenchwood, Texas. You know that's where you know Vega Rods is located. So my my really good friend Nick Vega, you know uh, he's the he's the owner of Vega Rods, and um, you know he he has some uh, some guys here from the valley uh, using his rods, man, and he's been a really really good friend and also big supporter for for the for the guys down here in the valley with 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 the rods, man. So. Uh, yeah, so I, 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 for my spinning reels, you know, I throw a medium light, you know, seven footer for, for, uh, weight, weight fishing. You know, that's what I, what I like to, to throw. And for my bait caster, I, I have a, a, a medium heavy seven footer, you know, uh, but I, I mainly throw my top waters on the, on the bait caster, you know. Dude, so. those are some nice rods. That, I mean, that guy, that, that's, it's work of art i mean those those rods are have very nice finish and um still waiting to get one yeah <laughs> I, I need to put you on one so um so you can throw something good <laughs> we need to have Just a fish run man uh, let's see if we can uh, set up a day for uh, maybe i know we're super busy a lot of stuff is up and in the air and stuff like that we should do a fish fry at the dove ranch go shoot some doves on a sunday everybody bring fish We'll have the fryers going, and it's just fish fry. Always down for fish fries. Always. Yeah, but just haven't gone out to the actual water um, and have, like, a whole day of, like, uh, just literally six to six. <laughs> I say a lunada. That, too, buddy. That, too. That's coming up in the topic. Okay, so before we get distracted, you were talking about some top water, Willie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I used uh, a baitcaster for top waters. Uh, seven uh, seven footer you know medium heavy i don't know for some reason you know i feel it's a lot easier to work that top water you know with a more of a stiff rod you know less uh less action less, less movement that you have to do you know so and I, and I've some for, for some reason i can cast the shit out of it bro with 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 that with medium that heavy. and rod. you have yeah. plenty yeah. of room to play with it yes bro i mean so, solid time yeah so I, I've noticed that too on my my Waterloo, it's it's a little bit stiffer than my G Loomis, and you and get more distance. I get more distance, it's like but with when me with I'm the throwing rod top waters, I'm able to turn that top water a lot crisper, you know, a lot smoother. Just make it walk better, exactly. Like, yeah, yep. just uh, cleaner, you can say. 
not yeah. skipping other steps. And you throw what, what kind of top waters you, you throwing? I, I like to throw the bone colors as well. Yeah, you know any yeah, specific the, brand? Dude, it's the this it's a an old brand. It's a, I found I find them at Walmart, dude. It's a bummer or bomb some something like that. I I've seen them the bomber bomber. Bum, yeah, something the like bomber, that. I the, think the brand, bro, and black dude. Black it's and a white it's case. a I, I believe it's a four dollar top water or something like the that. Head Very, isn't it heading? No, no, no. Those those are good. Like the super spook. So it is called the bomber lure. There you go. Top water. The spook Junior. That's that's the one. That's what I like. Spook to Junior bone color. Bone color is your typical color seen here. Bone on color with the line. silver will also work. Dude, yeah. but we went out the other night, um, scuba, myself, uh, Matt, on the boat, and we were fishing the lights, and I was like, dude, I'm just going to throw top water, right? I've been having, like, throwing top water lately at night, and um, something got it. Well, it was a big old trout, and off the channel, and same thing, broke me off after I was trying to get it close, you know, up on the boat, never prepared with a net, but um, again, it was that Hidden, Hidgens, is that the brand? I think it's Hedden. Hedden, uh I don't know. Super spook. The super spook junior in the in the the bone color. So, dude, you've been trying to get me to to throw some soft plastics as well, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, bro. So, I used the uh, jersey lures. You know, that's the the lure that I like to to throw. You know, so when I met Moy, you know, Moy is uh, he's sponsored by by jersey lures, and he gave me a handful, bro. He's like, here, throw them. See see if you like them. And since then, I've been hooked on the JRC lures, man. Uh, uh, then I got the chance to to meet the owner, Jerry Juarez. He's from McAllen. He's local. You know, good guy, man. Good guy. And uh, from there, you know, I just started really liking the lures, bro. And some of my go-to colors, you know. And again, it all depends on the water and the color of the water, man. This is something, again, I go back to Moy. Things that I learned from him. Each color, you know, it depends on the clarity of the, of the water, you know. So... For clear water, you want to throw more of a natural presentation, natural color. You know, your pearl, your, you know. Your uh, silvers. Your silvers you know. and all that. Something with a flash, right? Then for that murky water, the darker, you know, the darker. The uh, thunder. There you go. Yeah. So I like to throw for clear water, the sand flash, you know, because that's like a bone bone color with uh, some glitter in the on the bottom you know real real nice uh, that's my number one go uh, lure to for clear water you know and then for uh, murky water you know for some reason bro we've been having a lot of luck with uh, neptune neptune is dark blue uh, turning into silver really nice really really good color bro and those are the, the oh well, there, there's also this lure called zombie Bro, that zombie, it's uh, sober. It, brother. You it's tried a, it? It's good. It's, yeah. For Success. Some, for some reason, bro, that color, uh, that, that, that lure zombie, um, that color, it's red, an it's gray, an, silver. Yes. Yeah. yeah, gray, silver with a red tail. Correct. And it's, for, for that lure works for me in all types of water, bro. And it's, it's been real successful lure, bro. What's, what, what's the shape on these lures that you're, you're talking about? It's like a, uh, well... He, they, it's called the scorpion, if I'm not mistaken, right? He, it's yeah. So he has three styles, and it's gonna be the scorpion, which is sort of like a bot tail, bot tail, bot tail, yeah. And then he also has the kicker tail, the curly, kick, yes. curly tail, and uh, and of course the the padded tails. The kicker tail, that that one's your your go to. 
Um, you know what? Since since he released them, I believe at the beginning of this year, I did get hooked on them, bro. I, I, I was throwing. I think that's what I throw all all year. You know, this year, the kicker tails. You know, I I think my last trip, I went back to the to the padded tails because uh, we were fishing some really sh- shallow waters. The kicker tail, they were, they didn't have it. It didn't have too much of a depth to you know work the tail. You know, because with a kicker tail what you want to be you want to be popping it and then let it go down so the tail can flutter you know and get that action right so uh we were fishing some shallow water and i went back to the padded tails and man it was it it was success bro so that's what's up man yeah i mean i'm gonna have to go into your tool toolbox into your tackle box and and steal some of those i had some i had bought some in uh, last year's expo but somebody that's when i wasn't about to say that i got some yeah we all went and and bought some and um somebody went behind my truck and stole all my stuff all my tackle this past year right yeah this this summer this this summer so um all my tackle got stolen and i had to restock for a reason because i like your tackle box now yeah Uh, my new setup you had what you had last time was just whatever (laughs) you know i like what you have now you know what happens for a reason buddy yeah but you know a lot of friends came and uh actually bought lures and we were able to put yeah, some stuff together for you yeah, y'all that's cool. put well y'all put it together for me so appreciate y'all no that was that goes out to joel from prodigy buddy yeah and he put all that good stuff for you thanks brother appreciate it but right now we're in late september we're starting to you know october's rolling through we just got done with early teal season we'll talk about that in a little bit but scuba what's next in october well we got that uh as everyone as an angler knows uh bull red fish run they start rolling in and uh obviously it starts with the actual mullet run you know which is the actual movement of these fish which is the <clears throat> excuse me go back to that real quick it's literally migration of the mullet the fish of the mullet called the mullet excuse me moving south in, in the way east coast and moving to better temperature waters you know you can call it but that's what's moving these larger adult redfish come in and you know and you get to see where the people off the surf uh people off the piers uh people off the jetties uh, are catching these bull reds because they're coming in and they're able to you know uh, get a hold of themselves of a <laughs> larger than your typical fish and, and these these are like bull reds so they're more usually they're out in the gulf more than they are in bay systems right correct record wise east coast you're looking at like 94 pounds like that's like unheard of and then you look at texas numbers you know you got a 59 pounder that you know breaking the record which is you know it's just you don't see those numbers often but there is that one time out of the year or that couple of times i would say but we've seen them you know we get the text you know hey they're at the jetties and then you yeah. see that huge yeah. you know oh, they're popping you know yeah. just going crazy man and you literally you just get your life mullet you know just home and just it's just a different experience uh uh, it should start moving, uh, I would say, in the next week or two. Well, I mean, I've been seeing that it's it's already been moving up north, right? So it's uh, certain coasts have already been getting those mullet running and, you know, getting chased by a, a bunch of jacks, a bunch of reds. Everything, brother. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean, everything huge movement. But it's crazy how everything it's, uh, it starts with the mullet. <laughs> yeah, and I'm excited. I mean, we usually go out towards, or not towards, but we go out to East Cut. Um, we have to take that 25-mile drive from Axis 6 to the Port Mansfield cut, and um, that's all on sand. You know, luckily, we have been able to get out there with no problem. 
no flat tires. Usually if we get stuck, we have uh, plenty of... nice. Yeah, usually, yeah we, we, usually if, if there is anybody that gets stuck, we, we have plenty of vehicles in line that you yeah. know, can just pull up, you know, get you out and keep what going. Was, uh, last, well, you guys were out there uh, for the, some concert, but how far would you say you've gone? Have you gone to East Cut recently? The last time I went to East Cut was about three months ago. Okay. Yeah. That's so right now I've been going out there lately with Joel to do some shark fishing. But this, he's um, probably like, what, 12, he's, 15, he, around there? Yeah. I won't say the exact like mileage, but he's he's around there. Um, and so he's not going, you know, past 16 miles. He's staying within those 16 mile range, which is, it's, it's nice, right? Cause you don't have to travel that whole sandbox. I mean, it's after, it's way, yeah, it's 25 miles. So after, you know, when you're driving about 30 miles an hour, which you're not supposed to be going that fast, you know, it hmm. still takes you a while to get yep. there. <laughs> yep. You get the but sheriff behind yeah, I've been out there like two or three times as well. But the, the surface has been nice and flat. Yeah. And the reason we like going to, or at least I do, like going out to, to East Cut to fish for Bull Reds is because the jetties are a lot shorter than, you know, Boca Chica and South the, the South Padre, right? Um, these from, like, where the shoreline starts, the, the water and the, and the sand meet, to the tip of the jetties, at least on the south side of Port Mansfield, that one is about 208 yards, right? So you go out about... 160 yards 170 yards throw into the the surf side and there's some rocks that are out there and fish tend to to hang out there and that's where we usually have our our success is where are you casting for some uh, mullet and some your life bait so when we get our mullet i was saying we we like to camp out at east cut right so we like to take off usually at night from you know we get all out of work around six seven make it out to the island about eight nine and then we head out while we're heading out we have to do that 25 mile drive um on the sand along the the shoreline and so when we're driving we'll see the flashing mullet basically jump out of the water and that's our cue to get off the truck get the cast net and get your mullet for for the the next morning so we take a big old bucket with some good aerators and and make sure that that water stays we take a yeti bucket that way that water stays as fresh as as possible and to the right temperature and then, um, yeah, those mullet will stay alive the whole night and, and be perfect for when we go out in the morning. But usually within those 25 miles, we'll find them uh, within the first 5 to, to 10 miles. And then the rest is just cruising, making sure we get out there safe, not popping any tires, not um, you know hitting any ruts or any holes or anything like that. But once we do get there, it's pure joy. It really is. Can't wait to get out there. DJ was mentioning the Lunada. You got any any dates on that, DJ? No, I can't. I have to look that up <laughs> when the next full moon is and when it's going to be but rising. But we typically do get them in the winter. It's really nice, guys. And the, T- the DJ, tell them, tell them what the Lunada is. Well, you know, you sit on the beach, you start campfire, and just watch the full moon rise on the on the ocean. I mean, you see the moon rise out on the beach and Oh, you see set. everything, like the moon rising, and it just gets really, really, really bright. On a full moon. On a full moon, so you don't even need, like, lights or anything. It just looks like it's right up, like, front row Joe. In your face. Yeah, <laughs> right in your it's face. It's beautiful. It, it, I mean, I've seen it a few times in my time. DJ grew up kind of living that little, like, family, uh, what would you say, like, uh, hey, let's go see that Lunada type of deal. Yeah, well, I mean, the beach was always, uh, you know, f- 10 miles up the road uh, over at Boca Chica, you know, from the ranch. So Correct. growing up, we would always go watch the moonrise, Lunada, campfire, camp out, 
head and on. that's what's coming up for us guys a lot of people do ask me like when they see us come out to the ranch or come out to different places and honestly east cut is super one of my top places to go to get off the grid kind of just like camp out overnight it's really good memories out there with some guys and uh it's just cool you know uh, camp out get some good grub uh literally grill all night uh it's been some pretty cool experiences out there with some people yeah we've gotten stuck for hours <laughs> we have some good, good we've good gone time. through storms out there <laughs> right like crazy stuff yeah like i mean what about a flat tire no we haven't experienced that thank god i have bro and it's a pain in the you what would do yeah. we were on my cuñado's uh truck it's a, I think it was a 2010 Chevy. You know, we were going out there, bro, uh, in the middle of the night, you know, and, you know, he didn't see a, a log. You know, he hit it and forget it, bro. You know, flat tire. Then it was a freaking pain in the butt to, to get the, the spare t- tire out of the, the bottom of the truck, bro. Because uh, we of the sand? No, because we were having problems with a rod, that rod that goes all the way into, I don't know where, right? To start turning and start bringing that tire down, bro. We struggle, I don't know, just to bring the freaking tire down, probably like 40 minutes. And then to get the the jack to stay, to stay, in, that to stay in the sand, bro. <laughs> they make oh, it. my God. We have to go and walk and find some wood to be able to put it on the bottom and start picking up the just the the whole experience right yeah bro so bro (laughs) and the the crazy thing bro is that we went through all that shit and i we didn't check the weather to be honest with you guys so as soon as we get to freaking east cut we get a freaking storm bro and the wind start blowing hard north um so we were getting all the waves on the south, uh, on the on the on the south side, we south were in the Yeti. south, yeah, south Yetis, dude. So we were getting all the waves in, in our right. face, <laughs> dude. We couldn't even cast the freaking rod twenty oh. yards, bro. It was horrible. So we were, you know, trying to make it happen, bro, because we went after all that thing, all the all the chaos, changing the tire, and we we finally gave up. You know, we were like, you know what, that's it. No. It's, no fish. No fish, bro. We weren't able to cast the freaking rod, bro. Mother Nature on that day. We had a four ounce, five ounce, you know, spider. Uh, Nothing uh, in the toolbox. Weight. Out. Like just you went through all the arsenal and. Yeah, dude. So we couldn't cast it, bro. It was the wind was freaking hard, bro. So, yeah, we gave up and we came, you know, we were driving back and, you know, all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Let's just freaking go to isla blanca bro and we're gonna be able to cast towards the channel you know so we ended up doing that bro and we got our three bull reds it was oh, three no of way. it was three of us and we we were able to get our three bull that reds same day the same day bro oh nice yeah that's so oh yeah that's the story go. of a lifetime right a, there yeah dude it's a story that i'm probably gonna tell my kids and my grandkids and all that whenever we we go out there yeah, that's the cool little experience of like the October, November run. You get to, you know, get to. You get to boat. do it at the rocks. You don't have to take a boat. You don't have to. Even like, off the surf, but, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you can be chilling out on the surf all day. Just yeah. have a rod out there with mullet or chunk mullet or chuck, I mean, yeah. whatever. 
and uh, it's make a really, it happen. Yeah. So it, it is going to be a nice little experience coming up. In the, I mean, like you said, you've heard already. Talking about Coast. bull rats, what's the biggest bull rat you have caught? Uh, honestly, on my end, I would not say that I've experienced like a large, large bull rat. Mine was 43 and a half. Mine, 44. Oh. Yeah. But it was with a heavy, uh, I mean, I have my surf setups as well. And I like to use those old school pens with a surf rod, you know, so that's what I was using. I mean, to talk about the fight, not a really good fight, you know, because I'm using you know, big, heavy, yeah. heavy equipment, you know. But, yeah, when I saw the freaking red, bro, it was like. The heads on them, dude, right? Yeah. The massive heads. I, I even have a picture where I put the head of the fish next to my head, you know, just to, to see the size of the, of the head of the fish. And it was freaking big. Man. Where'd you catch him? There that day, that that same that day in uh, no oh, at, at, the the, at the Isla Blanca Yeris yeah. at the island, yeah. Besides the bull reds, that's pretty much closing out. Like I said, our summer fishing, some, yeah, our summer swing with with fishing, and we haven't done any more offshore. I mean, that once snapper season's done, we're pretty much done until we equip the boat a little bit better so that we can take those longer trips, right? Yeah, yeah. You do have one more tournament coming up, don't you, the Shallow Stalker? Yeah. We do have that one oh, yeah. um, in like two weeks, but other than that, we've been we've been hard at duck hunting, bro. Oh yeah. I mean, we got. Uh, How many days did you go? I went five days, six, five days. Five. Yeah. So we went. I mean, we we oh, went at it. You went like six. Yeah, I went more. <laughs> yes, you went more. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, we went out to Bayview to the Munoz Ranch, out with JT. JT. Juan. <laughs> yeah, Juan, our buddy Juan. Jason texted me, yeah, we're going to go to JT's. I pull up, I introduce myself because it's real dark, five of the morning. He's like, I know you. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, so DJ happened to know him, right? Yeah, and real so, cool guy, real cool guy. Um, we were just hunting a puddle, man. Inches of water, mud was nasty, smelled nasty, but it was infested with teal. I mean, it was, first couple of hunts, we were off the water a little bit um, just because the, the property lines, you know, didn't allow us to get to where the, the X was, right? Where the teal, the heavy teal was because we would look over and we'd see 90 to 120 teal just swimming in the pond. Um, it wasn't even a pond. It was literally just inches of water. But um, it's been pretty hot. So it's, you know, we've been having that temperature that's 105, 103 degrees and drying out our resacas, drying out our, um, our waterways. But um, this last, or actually two weeks ago, we got some rain, which allowed that to hold a little bit more water. And man, did it make a difference, didn't it? Oh, yeah, man. It was epic, bro. It was crazy. We had about, in front of us, you know, because we we got there, you know, we set up, you know, Jay went and and set up the decoys. um, As usual. Yeah, Yeah, the first thing I do, dude, like, Willie's like, Bro, you don't wait for anybody. I'm like, no. hell no. Dude, dude this I guy's gotta, running on top of the he, water, bro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get out there, set up the decoys. That way I can go sit my ass and start resting, you know? I mean, you want, you're 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 just ready to get his shit done and get him out and go back to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dude, yeah. and I wanted to record him, right? Doing it, dude. By the time I put my shit down and start walking he his done. way, he was almost done. And I was like, hey, dude, let's relax. Let's get some footage, you know? Like, So we got there, bro. We, we did the whole setup and everything. And How long did y'all wait after uh, sunrise? Or so we got there to the Munoz Ranch at about 5, 5.15. 
the first time we were running late. Super late? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Second time it was extra early, bro. We we literally sat down at the at freaking the blind blind for the, like well not the blind but the mud hole yeah. on the pallets for <laughs> like forty five minutes at yeah, least, dude, dude. Just chilling. And then the, what was crazy is that we were like we're not gonna shoot because we're gonna let them just load up into this hole, and then just we had we had GoPros all around us, right? Sure. So enough. we were gonna let them like load up into this hole and then just blast them, right? And and let them all come <laughs> out of the sky and you get that on video and we were all excited, right? But Bro, it got to the point where there was too many, and we didn't know what the hell to do. The excitement was like, I mean, it was it was different. But we waited. Shooting light was at, I believe it was at six forty eight. What uh, what time did we start shooting? Dude, like like you said, we waited, right? And I think, and I and I told Jason and and JT, man, we we took too long, bro, because we were letting them, you know. Uh, come in closer to us because you will see them swimming from that corner that Jason was talking about like, earlier. Like a fleet of, of, you know, the U.S. Navy just swimming, dude, all of them towards yeah, us. dude. I have it on video. And and then uh, Juan bought some uh, mojo. The mojo decoys, The decoys, yeah. yeah. The ones that are moving. So I don't know if that was doing work or what, but it, I mean, it worked that day. Um so we waited, you know, we waited when we, we had a good amount in front of us, you know, we got all excited and we we're like, you know what, let's go, let's, let's, let's. Yeah, so we waited like 15 minutes to 20 minutes and then we were like, you know what, we got to start shooting because we're only going to get about a 20 minute window to actually shoot these birds before they just sit down, and, you know, sun comes up and they sit down and stop moving. And so that's what we did. We started blasting them and if you go on the Buckhook Instagram or Willie's Instagram, You'll see uh, our latest. I mean, all those are different hunts. They all are in the same spot, yes, but they all are different days. So you'll see the different day success from each one of us. But it was a uh, it was a good hunt, bro. It's yeah, dude, uh, you you got me hooked. How, how many times did you go? Two. I only two. went two times. DJ, how many times did you go? One. One. Man. So I was the one that was going hard at it. You were yeah. going hard. Yeah, I was kind of. We kind of busy there for a while yeah i know i i just i get lucky sometimes with work and i'm allowed to take off sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but it's it a, works both ways yeah but it works both ways but um did you notice any more i mean any other ducks that were out there i i really just everything that was flying in was was teal yeah. and it was mainly blue wing teal some green wing got some no green. yeah no yeah. cinnamon um, and then we would see those high uh, spoonbills. They, they'd fly by, you know, in pairs of two or four, and uh, they just fly over us and not even, not even want to touch down. But um, the teal were heavy and, and flying in, in in groups of, I mean, some were in groups of 15 to 20 ducks. It was crazy. They were flying by, bro. You, I, I didn't believe uh, Jason that he would say, like, you would just hear the, the wind, like, blowing on top of you and I'm like yeah whatever right it's beautiful and isn't it dude then when we were there i experienced that i was like holy fuck like these fuckers are fast they're fast yeah they're extremely fast and the first couple of hunts i didn't do so well because i had a full choke in there so these things are coming so fast that if you're not on on them you're gonna completely miss and so i was shooting uh, a full choke extended choke with uh 20 gauge that's what i was using yeah yeah, I yeah. Was, I was using benelli, 20 gauge. Right? yeah benelli and i was using uh 
three shot sh- uh, shot size. So, you know, the first couple of hunts, man, I was blasting left and right. I mean, these guys were making <laughs> fun of me. But um, the last couple of hunts, I actually changed out the choke and, and had a, a little bit more success. And a lot of that was I forgot that I had put the full choke in there for dove season, right? Because um, we have those high-flying dove late in the afternoon, and it's they're fun to shoot at. But you do need, you know, something that's a little bit tighter group and something that will let you get that shell out there and, you know, touch them a little bit, you know, at a farther distance. But uh, other than that, the duck hunting has been just there at the Munoz Ranch. The boys did get to hunt it. We are getting prepared for November. November November 4th, 4th, I believe, or 5th. That'll be the Saturday. Yeah, getting ready for duck season. That's going to be fun. Got to order some more decoys, but I think... Uh, I was just looking at that, buddy, on uh, Amazon. That's why I stayed quiet for a bit, but... <laughs> redheads, some, redheads. Uh, we need Mojo redheads. duck decoys will be some cool little add-ons to the list. Yeah. yeah. It's November 4th, right? Yeah, November 4th, because we've been shooting... Uh, I mean, we've been throwing out teals right now, and I think we only have, what, 24 teal? I don't even think we have that. It's only 12. No. It's like 24 teal. Oh, because you had teal, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Then yeah. it's 24. Yeah. I, I bought green wings, and then you have the blue wings. Yeah. Michelle and, and B bought some. Yeah. So yeah. we have 24, but that that's all we've been throwing. We have a we have a bunch of pintails. We have a bunch of other ducks, but we don't. I mean, during teal season, we just throw teal. That way, we don't attract any other ducks, and that way, we doesn't seem like we're hunting any other duck. We just basically need to take count of what we have and get the group together and see what, what we need to get, because the bigger the spread is, the, the better chances you have of having different birds come in, not just your redheads, not just your pintails, but you'll get some model ducks, or you get some um, black duck or, or Mexican duck, and those are pretty. Those are a lot like mallards, for those of you that don't know what they look like, but the, the bigger the spread, the better the chances. What what What's left with, with what we've been doing? We've been doing a lot of dove hunting, haven't we? And yeah, and I mean, honestly, every week you've gone at least three times. Yeah, I've been having a lot of hunters come out to the ranch. So anybody that does want to go hunt, I do offer daily lease hunts to go shoot some dove morning or white wing. It's $60. If you need a dog, we can bring a dog for you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Scuba's been running. We have a couple of them. Yeah, here. Scuba and, uh, has been running Mika, and Willie has been running Brownie. And so those dogs are, Mika's on her first year? One and a half. Yeah, one and a half. So she's a big silver silver lab, and been doing great, dude. Man, I'm super impressed. Like, really, really super impressed because she gets all her doves. She gets, um, I mean, with the ducks, she did pretty awesome last year, and she was only at about... I think six months, seven months. She was about to be a year. She was about 11 to 10 months, and her birthday was December. Um, yeah, she was young. Yeah, and, and it's, <clears throat> it's funny because at first, you know, you were taking her out with her kennel out to the, the dove hunt, but that was uh, allowing us to keep her concealed and, and keep her right next to us, not running around, not She's not just, exploring. But yeah, like her first year, like a little, I saw differences here, at least a dove, not necessarily the whole duck, but last year there was times where she would lose her patience you know, yeah like, yeah and that and that's what i'm saying that kennel helped you know keeping oh, her just huge because it was home you know she stayed safe but the moment she saw them flying i mean she was all ice and you mentioned last year how like um, i didn't see it until you, well i had seen it but i didn't kind of i don't know how to describe it um there's this thing behind the dog where like it's you know it has his regular um it's the way you see him during his regular days 
And Mika's very goofy, super outgoing. She's up and down, running left and right. But when she's out on the field, it's just like a different girl. And she's just like, yeah, you know. I mean, I know now you don't need the kennel anymore. No, no, no. She uh, she sits right next to you and she waits for those birds to fall until you give her the command to, to yeah. go retrieve. And it's it's crazy because it's just been like you said, a, it's a year and a half or a year and, 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 you know, and it's, eight it's, nine months. It's like if she just was ready because I I didn't. I mean, we did some training as in all between each other, everybody in the group, but it wasn't like the much. Like, it was just natural. More natural instinct. Yeah, like, it was just so, like, I got this, Dad. I'm ready. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and I was so grateful because, like, shoot, man, she was so about it. And she never, like, cried. That she, it was, she, she was, she's a great dog, honestly. Doesn't bother anyone. <laughs> How just, much does she weigh? Shoot, bro. <clears throat> I, I will give you guys an, a number in the next podcast exactly the weight. Uh, but when she was about a year and five months, she was about... 79 to 81. Okay, real quick, since we're going to be on record, I, I say she's uh, over 100 pounds. I say she's 101. No. DJ? DJ, go. Give us I a number. I don't know if she's over 110, so I don't want to go that high. I said 101, so that's my number. I'm going to say 95. 95. 110. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say... 92. 92. Okay. Oh, man. So even you think she's up there. I thought. No, no, no. But because, like I said, like when she was a year and a half, she was about 80 flat. 80? Yeah. And she honestly, she doesn't look. And this is a She just lab. looks taller. <laughs> she just looks taller. And, you know. She's huge. Like, not like fat. Like, she's just huge. Yeah. And she has a big body. Bro, if you see Mika next time, y'all see Mika. She is very strong. Like, she's like. Like, you can just see her in her, like, she, like, stands. I don't know. It's just, like, yeah, she's big, but, like. Solid. Solid, dude. Yeah. Like, big. And she's running full gear. Like, it's just crazy to see, like, she's a big dog. Like, you're going to see her, like, oh, shoot. She's a big silver lab. And <laughs> and they think that she's a Weimariner, but she is not a Weimariner. No. Doesn't know. She uh, looks straight up. I mean, she is a lab. And you, Willie? What you been doing with Brownie? I've been doing some training, bro. I mean, my dog is, uh. He's going to be 11 months, so he's still a puppy. And to be honest, you know, sometimes he's, like, frustrated, right? So I've, I've been also doing some training with my dog. He's going to be 11, and, you know, it's frustrated, bro, to, to work with a puppy. You know, I'm going to be honest, but, I mean. Well, it's because you want to see him succeed, and you want to see him do what you bought him to do, right? I mean, yeah. yes, you buy him to be a family pet, but, you know, you get a lot of pride and joy when you see him retrieve a bird. And bro, you, big you, time, bro. And you see, you know, everybody's like, damn, did you see that dog? Damn, did you see that yeah, dog? Yeah, dude. Damn, did you see that dog? Like, when they're into it, it's it's really nice to see them, like, yeah. have fun. Like, but it takes you know, work. And like I've told Willie, yeah. I mean, with Spanky, it took me about, till he was about two and a half years to really get it down right. Spanky was, more than anything, he was a duck hunter. So he, um, he loved yeah, water. I remember Spanky's first day out in the field for a dove hunt, and it was a little, you know, it just not okay for them. It was just, you know, just not his... What he it wasn't his thing. I mean, he was under the truck. He was scared of the the shotgun. And Damn, Jay, uh, I remember that was what Jay it, like. Oh shoot! How old is Spanky? He's, he's thirteen. He's gonna be fourteen. So that was a solid twelve years ago. Yeah, and so what I would do is I would have to get his leash and time to my belt loop and just keep him around and walk with him while I was shooting until he completely got used to it. And I think now he um, the reason why I have retired him is because he can't really see and he can't hear. 
I mean, he cannot hear. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, all the hunting that we did over the last 12. With him, yeah, it's been 12 years. So you really th- you think that it's like he can't hear? No, he. I mean, he, he has, he can I hear. I feel like he can hear you. He can hear, but. He doesn't want to listen to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because look, it, he, it's, he's just an older dog. And he feels, when you see that guy run, bro, it's, he's so free, dude. Like, it's just like. Yeah, he looks Whoo! very, I mean, he looks like a puppy. He's yes, still, exactly. Weird, and you know, like, he looks very young, but he is very old. No, and, correct. And like I said, I mean, you look into his eyes and they're very cloudy now. And then, I mean, you can tell that he can't hear because when you walk into the house, he would like right away pick up his head and, and you know, I mean, he's still go like crazy. Yeah. Now you go over there and touch him and you have to kind of shake him and he like. Takes hey. a while to, you know, get up. And you'll be like, spanky, spanky, spanky. Takes you a while for him to finally, like, kind of open one eye and then slowly start getting up. But it's just, you know, you, you see it where he's running and his legs are slipping out, are slipping out from under him. And it's just it's just the age. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, he's about to be 14 years old. And I think the best thing that I did this past year was to retire him. I took him out on a on a dove hunt this year, yeah. but just to to hang out and and you know have him around uh, around everybody. But I'm not gonna run him in 40 degree weather. I'm not no gonna way. Um, put him through that because I, that was cool that you did that that you brought him out and he was shooting. He, he was had a excited. blast with the other dogs and everything. Yeah, he was excited. Yeah, he was just all over the place. It was that was the girls' hunt uh, like about a month ago. Uh, if I'm mistaken, but Mika and <clears throat> Spanky had a blast with. Uh, Hazel. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm excited to see Mika and Brownie do do work for us because, you know, when you guys aren't hunting, I'm going to go pick the, you know, a dog up because I'm going to need it for for retrieving, especially in this, this winter that we're predicted to get. That They're talking about some cold, cold winters. Isn't that true? That's what's uh, predicted, a cold. And I've read two predictions. One says dry, the other says stormy. But I don't think that's going to pertain this far south. Um, The stormy, I would love the stormy and rainy because we haven't had any rain. I would shoot. I don't even know. We've been crying for some. If we don't get any, I mean, shoot, I don't even know if we'll be able to hunt Palmito, you know. Yeah, not this season. It'll be too dry. And like last year, we got lucky because we had a bunch of rain and it held for what? Five months? I would say, yeah. Well, y'all had to drain it, right? Yeah, yeah. We had to go back there with a, we had to rent a mini X. Mini excavator, dig out a trench a little bit deeper, and get it flowing, get all that drain. Uh, my grandpa dig dug that drain out, shoot, like 50 years ago, I think. Oh well. So, so I mean, we've never really needed to use it, but this past last year, it was rained enough, and it was it held all the way to like April. I think it was in the next year. It was yeah. like a good. <laughs> it like, was a long time, dude. Yeah, yeah, and it was. It was and I remember they just. Thought of drain. I mean, they worked on, or y'all worked on, on getting it out of there because of the mosquito season, summertime, and yeah. having all that standing water. Yeah. Now we uh, we haven't had any rain for a long time, so it'd be nice. But yeah, I, I was know. out there with you about a week or two or something like that, and it was very dry. Very very dry. So crying. <coughs> definitely gonna be a, a bay a bay honey a bay, bay honey season. season. Yeah, and, and it, it's sad because I mean that that place is where we can actually get some mallards but to come in. That's where we can get. Um, a lot of these like freshwater ducks that we don't get out on the bay, you know what I mean? Yeah. But going back though, um, prior from this past season when the palmito was a little bit uh, wet, um, season before that it was dry as well, and we just got that heavy winter of rain, and we were able to uh, hunt the late season of it, uh, the late part. So I mean, we might get 
lucky to maybe get a, like a late run uh, there at Palmito if we get like a stormy. Uh, yeah, winter. yeah. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying we got a month for it yep. to happen for the so beginning. So that we can hunt. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And DJ said, I mean, he's always telling me like, Jay, it, it just takes like four four days of some heavy rain. Yeah, I mean, we'll that, that's what it was last time, if I'm not mistaken. We had some heavy, heavy rain back to back, like storm after storm, and it just. And it actually, uh, actually, I think it was last week. It did rain. My dad said he got like almost an inch of rain there up you there. Go. It That's stood over the island. Yeah, so I mean, it definitely wet the ground already. That's a start. Yeah, it's got yeah. some wet. So, hopefully, we just get a, maybe another yeah. twelve inches of rain or something in. in the and, next uh, month. We gotta start working on that, man. That's that's some big plans for you there that uh, excites me. You know what I mean? We won't get into that, but. Uh, that uh, Palmito Ranch has a bunch of ducks when it floods, man. It uh, is it is one of the coolest places, and, and it's cool because you pull up to this house that's you know pretty, um, pretty old, historic. Out, yeah, historic out in out on the on the river, and um, it's just it's cool to be at this. Uh, and we and we've had a, other other Civil friends War. of ours get uh, their share of luck, not necessarily in Palmito Hill, but. And other areas like South Bay and stuff like that with, you know, Gilly last year, he got his wood duck. And uh, like you said, you get your unfamiliarized ducks in that area for whatever reason. Uh, like you said, maybe the freshwater. I'm not too sure. But I mean, it is an area filled with different types of species in that ducks. Yeah. And it's, it'll be, you know, a little bit different this season because you, the, the limits did change. You know, you're allowed five mallards now. Um, you're also only allowed... One scalp, which is what we know as the bluebill, right? We're also only allowed one pintail. So normally on our duck days, right, our heavy duck days is we have our redheads, we have our pintails, and we have our bluebills. So it's going to be work getting those green, you know, green or blue wing teal to come in or those widgeon, but those widgeon tend to come in when it's really cold and nasty. That's, yeah. that's the only time we really see them. Um, out where we hunt, but um, we got a few. We got, of them, didn't we got we? a few. This Mario month. got one I know on that super nasty day. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's it's when it's when it's super nasty, and so we'll we'll have to be looking for those spoon bills. We'll have to be looking for or looking out for that stormy weather. Oh, that stormy <laughs> weather! Cause oh man, that's my those are my favorite days. We had a couple of those last season. Yeah, but guys, I do appreciate everybody tuning in to episode two. You, we uh, do have, like I said. Dove hunts available. Make sure you guys log on to uh, buckcook.com. Check out what we have there. But y'all stay tuned for episode three. Appreciate y'all. If y'all have any other further topics, guys, shoot them us to us and we'll get those going in the next episodes. Later. Yep. Later. <laughs>